0: Don't focus on the no's. They're a no, and they're a no because they aren't meant for you. And the yeses are going to be 10 times better. We have to be willing to bet on ourselves, and we don't need to just repeat what has worked. We get to try something new.
1: From To Be Magnetic, this is the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips your host, Jessica Gill. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded. Jessica here. We are in week four of the Magnetic Self Challenge, and I don't know about you, but if you've been following along, I am already starting to see some major manifestations come through on the other side, one being an incredible vacation that my fiance and I just took that kind of came together seamlessly at the last minute, and new couple friends to celebrate and enjoy the trip with. So week four of the challenge was all about learning the places and things that we use to externally validate ourselves. Where do we put our self-worth and things outside of ourselves? When you think about you're not worthy until you have achieved become XYZ, those things are actually taking our power away because we're saying we're not worthy until we get those things. When in fact, we are ultimately worthy as we are right now. So this week was all about understanding the part of us that learned that we weren't worthy until we had those things. And even if those things are part of our magnetic desires, how do we uncouple our worth from it so we can just go about manifesting them with ease? And don't worry, it is not too late to join. Even though our sale is over, we do have our expanded podcast code that you can find in the mid-roll and sign up and join the challenge. The challenge is gonna remain open until the fall. So even if you literally started the challenge on the very last week of the challenge, you could go through the entire thing at least two times over before it closes out. So you have plenty of time to dive in and connect with your magnetic self. Now, amongst manifestations that have been coming through for people during this challenge, other people are also writing in and are navigating a point where they are either hitting a glass ceiling with the things that are happening in their life or a rock bottom, which means things are falling off out of their life because it's being asked to step into something that is even more aligned on the other side. They need to up-level their worth faster so they can connect with what wants to connect with them, which is their manifestation. So in today's episode, we have former TBM coach, Amanda Blair, on to really talk about how to listen to that instinct and intuition that is asking you to grow. When do we know that we are at a glass ceiling? When do we start to get the whispering that we've hit our limits with someplace and something has served us, but it no longer is. And it's time to move on and clear space. Amanda shares her personal story of moving through this and opening her own private coaching practice outside of TBM and what that transition was really like for her. She'll really break down the energetics of a glass ceiling and how to step through fear and trust yourself that all will be okay and even better on the other
1: side. And now a word from our partners.
2: all probiotics are created equal. There are a million different products on the market promising to fix, rebalance, restore, reset your gut microbiome and gut barrier. But how many of them actually do? So many are not grounded in science and that is why we are such fans of SEEDS Daily Symbiotic. They are a two-in-one pre- and probiotic capsule that actually reaches the gut. They are the most science-backed probiotic on the market. Their team of experts some of which who even coined the original term probiotic are rigorous about their research, testing, and the quality assurance of their product. Probiotics are fragile and sensitive to heat, oxygen, light, moisture, which makes it really hard for them to fully get to the part of the digestive tract that they support the most. That's why Seed created the VitaCap. It's their proprietary capsule and capsule delivery system, which helps get 100% of the probiotic strains to the part of the digestive system that impacts it the most, which is why Seed is such an effective probiotic. And that is why I make sure to take my seed two capsules first thing in the morning with a cup of lemon water to start off my day. It has made such a difference in my digestive health, my gut barrier integrity, my gut immune function, and it's even had an incredible impact on my skin. So if you're looking for a probiotic that actually works, you can use the code TBM for 30% off your first month supply of seeds daily symbiotic. Again, that is code TBM for 30% off your first month's supply. You can check out the link in the show notes or go to c.com backslash TBM.
1: All right, on to the episode.
2: Welcome back, Amanda Blair,
0: to the Expanded Podcast. So lovely to have you on again. Thank you. So lovely to be here. And also, the last time as a TVM coach.
2: Oh my gosh, don't say that.
0: <laughs> so, so sad. So weird. But three full years, um, May is three years. Wow. It feels like it was so much longer. I know. But even three years feels like, I mean, lifetimes have happened. I remember listening to your
2: process episode with Lacey <laughs> way back in the day. And it's just so funny. Like, In my mind, you're like such a married integral part of the brand. I'm like, yes, TBM, Lacey, Amanda. Like there was just like this image of that whole. And I feel like even in your next chapter, you will still be cemented in my mind with TBM. I mean,
0: what honored company to be cemented with.
2: (laughs) Yes. So talk about where you're at, what up levels. I feel like so many people have gone through transitions over the past few months. And I don't know. I feel like cosmically there's just this invitation that's everyone's being asked to look at like, what's not in alignment? Now's the time. Make the shift. Take
0: the jump. You're worth it. I know. I, I feel especially through eclipse season, everything I was listening to astrologically wise was sort of like, oh, I'm like moving in the right direction of where I need to be moving. But what's going on? So, I'm in the midst of my first year of grad school for getting licensed as marriage and family therapist, which I'm really excited about. And I think even before I started that program, I was had just really been thinking about what's next. I have changed. My whole life, just complete 180. I left New York last year, moved to Portland, fell in love. I started a life with my partner. You know, I'm in my late 30s now. I just turned 38 and really thinking about what I want the next sort of phase to be about and, you know, the growth I've done and what that is leading to. And it was really difficult, just like it was really difficult to think about me closing the New York chapter and leaving, it was really difficult to think what is beyond TBM? Because just like we're saying, you know, in your mind, I have been so integral in the brand that I that has been such a part of my identity is like, Lacey's my mentor. She, you know, has helped me get to this place. TBM, you know, helped me change my life, like all of these things. And to think beyond that felt terrifying what could be beyond that, right? Because this, you know, coaching for TBM was like the dream. It was Everest. It was everything. And so then to be at the top and be like, okay, like what's beyond was like, well, is there anything? Maybe I just need to stay here. But much like when I was getting ready to leave New York and I was really like, okay, this is something I need to do. I saw how scared I was. I was like, ah, well, here's the thing. Now we got to go in. And hearing how scared I was of thinking like what would be beyond TBM for me and just how like shaking in my boots that made me, I was like, well, fuck, like here's where we have to move forward. So it's been a long process of like working through that fear, unpacking that as part of my identity and sort of like reclaiming that as I am more than just being like attached to something and it's been such a process to do that but it's been really rewarding and I feel I feel just really at peace now and really aligned and really happy and excited and and nervous it's like okay I'm jumping off a cliff and this is a big one this is the biggest one even bigger than New York it feels like so I'm like so excited to see what comes
2: one piece that I'm hearing in all of this too, is this idea of attachment, right? So for like anyone listening and they're, they're identifying with parts of Amanda's story, you know, you have the dream job, you're there, you're thinking about the next level of growth or so many people are going through this, I know, but like they're in the relationship and they're like, this was my person. This is everything I wanted, but we're different people now. And like, do we need to separate, you know, or like what whatever phase you're in, you can apply that feeling of I got the manifestation, I'm in the zone and times pass and now I've evolved and like I might have to now leave the manifestation. It's so scary. And I think it gets back to that thing you were saying, the attachment. Because sometimes people will feel that fear of like, oh my gosh, what if I left? That's my worst case scenario. I don't want to do that. They feel the fear and they run the other direction. You see fear and you're like, I want to run through the fear to the other side. So what is that
0: dynamic going on there? Well, it's because I have practiced doing so. I have trust in the process and in myself through doing that. And I know that I'm fearful of it because it's beyond my growth or like it's beyond my edge and that's where my growth is. And I am at the end of the day in pursuit of growth always like that is like sort of like my number one that's like my true north and I have seen myself through so many different evolutions and things that I couldn't just have like never imagined or predicted before I got into them and then even to like go to the next part of that couldn't have predicted that and so I've just really built a solid trust with that process so I know when I get that like (gasps) I'm like all right well now we got to look here. <laughs> this is this is probably the direction we are going to be moving in, which isn't to say that the answer is always to leave. That's not always the answer. But in this case it just really felt like evolution-wise I have a different path kind of, you know, splitting off and that to not honor that but to stay on this one because it's what I know and it's what I've known and it's, you know, safe would be doing myself a big disservice. And there's a lot of things, even if I were to stay on this path, that would be playing into old patterning and old wounds and old beliefs. And to stay on the course that I've learned how to be on of like finding my worth and falling in love with myself and realizing I'm capable and all of those things this was really the only way that I could go. Working at TBM, coaching for TBM was the embodiment of all of those things. And it's funny how that has now sort of shifted, which is like nothing to do with anything other than my evolution. Absolutely.
2: Okay, so dig in there a little bit too. What were some of your patterns that if you would have stayed, would have been repeating?
0: It would have been, I can't do things without the help of someone else. I need someone else to sort of do it for me and then like take me along, which I feel like very much has been my relationship with Lacey. I always feel like she's held her hand back to me and like pulled me up, which was so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for that. But at that point I need to like also recognize, yeah, but now I can walk. And that comes from, you know, when I was younger and A wound of like, I just didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel smart enough. I didn't feel, you know, worthy or capable. And so I felt very small and like I needed to sort of ride someone else's coattails in order to get anywhere. And then I couldn't stand on my own and like do what I wanted to do. So it really started to feel like. I was leaning more into that wounding if I was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, keep going here, even though I'm feeling this like new branch off of walking on my own and sort of standing in my own. That was like the main one. But I think also just staying small, I think with coaching with TPM meant that I was also, you know, not doing workshops that I want to do or retreats that I want to do or, starting to really push my boundaries and do maybe like more like public speaking things or, you know, like writing a book, like there's all of this stuff that I want to sort of push myself into because I, there's a lot of growth there for me. And it's interesting, although terrifying to think about some of those things. And if I'm staying here, I'm not pursuing any of those, right? Cause I'm just like, well, I'm just like under here and like the brand's doing, you know, like the brand thing. And I'm just helping those associated with the brand and like whatever, versus really allowing for that full, full expansion of me and like what I want to do. Do you
2: think it's like an autonomy piece too? like having full autonomy over like, I'm sitting on my own two feet and I make every decision, every single thing in my business is through me.
0: That's so scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, even when I was coaching before I, got brought on to coach under TBM. I was still coaching about TBM, right? Because I'd already mentored under Lacey. The brand wasn't ready to like bring on coaches yet. So I was just like on my own, biding my time until that happened. So this will be the first time that I'm like really going to be standing on my own, blazing my own trail. It's scary to be responsible for that. That's such responsibility, right? Because these last three years, I just got to like kind of sit back and be like, okay, you know, TVM has a huge platform and that is putting me in front of people, and I don't really have to do anything, which has been great and awesome. And I'm like so grateful for that experience. But I think I'm also ready to challenge myself to take more responsibility for the direction my career is going and to like shape that experience in that road and create my own platform and my own audience. And I just feel like I got my big girl pants on and I want to like go use those big girl pants. Talk
2: a little bit about, it seems like the same pattern happened when you left New York, but it's like you reached a glass ceiling of sorts. Yes. Talk about the energetics of a glass ceiling, what that meant for you with the New York piece and just also how you, we haven't really had an episode diving into glass ceilings, but I think they're a lot more common than people realize. So how do you understand them? How do you
0: talk about them? How do you integrate them? With New York, you know, the glass ceiling was, this isn't the lifestyle I want anymore. The busy, the hustle, the like grind, the scene kind of thing. And I just wanted something slower. I wanted something smaller. And so to, in order to like break out of that, I had to leave because that just was not available there. Leaving that was huge because it gave me access to things that I just did not have access to there. And I didn't necessarily want there, right? Like I knew I did not want to raise a family in New York. And so continuing to like live in New York, though, I wanted to like move into the phase of like, you know, pursuing family was kind of like, well, what are you doing? You're somewhere that you don't actually want to do that. So that's silly. You want to be somewhere else. So be somewhere else. But glass ceiling, you know, with with this, it just felt like I have reached what I can do, which is I can coach, which I fucking love, but that's sort of it. I have to do it in the parameters of the brand because the brand is the brand. And as I started to grow and like what I'm learning and I've, you know, been trained in hypnotherapy and, you know, I'm like, I'm really into tapping and like all, you know, and then I'm getting licensed. So as I'm like growing sort of my knowledge and the tools that I have, that doesn't really fit under what I've been doing. So it's like that ceiling is just like, okay, well, this is what I've been doing and this has grown me this far, but my growth now needs to be outside of that container so that it can hold all of it. And I don't, I think we view glass ceilings as a negative thing maybe, or something that's being put on us. And I really, you know, in my experience, it's been a positive in recognizing how far I've grown certain containers can only hold certain things. And like, that's okay. New York was a beautiful time taught me so much, such a great chapter in my life. And it's beautiful that it ended and that I got to like move on to something else. And like TBM, such an important part of my life taught me so much. And it's like beautiful that it's ending. And I'm like getting to like sort of go beyond. But I think when you hit that point, I've done all I can do. And I see my growth that I want to get to, but I can't do it in here. I think versus try to like force your way through what you're doing. It's like open yourself up to the possibility that maybe it needs to, you know, need to be a different container. It needs to look differently. I don't fear endings. I think endings are really beautiful. I think they make life sweet, you know, endings of all sorts, relationships, situations, times in your life, chapters, jobs, careers. I think we fear them. We've been taught that like endings are bad, but they're really not. There's a purpose to them. Um, And that means there's a new beginning around the corner, right? Which like new beginnings are their own beauty. So yeah, that's what glass ceilings are to me. It's like, it's showing you your growth and that growth within that container, that's its limit. And that doesn't need to be bad. That just is information to be like, cool, got it. Now I need to understand what that next container is going to be.
2: What would you say some emotional pillars of that that glass ceiling are? Because I like what you're saying too, that the glass ceiling doesn't necessarily mean like someone is saying, No, you're stuck here, whatever. It's the sensation. My space, myself, my aura, just whatever's happening feels bigger than this space. And I think this happens a lot with self-help work because we're so used to playing small and not being seen and hiding ourselves very common for women as well. Don't stand out. Don't be bold. Don't be seen. And when we stand confidently to take up space, to have a voice, to share ourselves, to be seen and validated in the world, that also lends to other spaces we're in and what doesn't fit anymore it's almost this sensation of, oh, like I'm in this box and we keep trying to make the box change. We're like, well, what if, to to my apartment, I'm like, what if I get a new
0: lamp in the box? Like, what if I change the box like this? And it's like, no, the box doesn't serve you anymore. But like, that doesn't make the box bad. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make that container bad. It's just that container served its purpose for you. And to honor it is to not stay beyond the point that you're going to get bitter. It's to leave when you're in the grateful wonder of it all. Like what a beautiful time. So grateful for it all. And I see that my next step is somewhere else and like, gorgeous. I need to go and find that. I need to go find that other container for this new growth that I'm going to encompass. I think that's the key is recognizing it and honoring it, not you know, staying in a pattern, staying in limiting belief that keeps you small. So you stay there and you're trying to, yeah, make the box change, make, make the container change when that's not the way it needs to happen. Cause that'll just create bitterness and resentment and all those things. When we can just be like, this is what it is. There's a ceiling, beautiful. Now let's let it end. And like on a beautiful note. I think that's huge too. I think people
2: completely bypass and they go right towards the resentment. And then the resentment is when, or when they have to start processing the resentment is when they're like, oh, this was never about anything that they did to me or the space did to me or any of that. It's all about, I was missing the messages that this container has had its time. How do you move from if someone wasn't didn't recognize it in the grateful period like you're saying if they recognize that they're at their glass ceiling in their resentment phase what tools or tips or advice would you give to someone who needs to then recognize their resentment might be leaning on a glass ceiling that they're pushing against growth edge and how to transform that to acceptance and then to gratitude
0: Well, I think it's building awareness around what the fears were that were keeping them there. Why did you stay? You know, why? Why did you want to stay small? Why were you trying to like force your hand there or like force someone to see you in a way that they weren't seeing you or like whatever the issue was? I think breaking down your portion of that, like why that was interesting to you? What narrative was that serving in your subconscious? What limiting belief was that serving? What was that reinforcing for you? And understanding that I think is the key because then you're like, kind of like, oh, okay. Well, I get why I was staying. I think forgiveness is a huge part of that for yourself because there's a lot of like, well, I should have, what I should have, what I should have. It's like there is no should, right? We're here to learn and learning means we are going to be learning. <laughs> so there's going to be lessons and those are beautiful and we need to lean into them fully so that we can take them and move forward. But there'll be times in our life where we're not, where we're just kind of like lost and just kind of like searching around the darkness. So once we find that, oh, okay, that's why I was here. And I forgive myself and allow myself this lesson. That was exactly what I needed to do. And now that I have this, I'm so grateful for it because now I can use this moving forward and I don't need to repeat it. When I, you know, hit against the glass ceiling somewhere else, I can acknowledge it with a lot more ease and quickness even, and get myself into a new container with that much more grace. But I think it's, you know, that finding the acknowledgement and the forgiveness piece. And then it's also, you know, doing the work to feel empowered to go outside. Like, I am terrified. I'm I'm not as terrified as I was, but I'm still scared. Like, it's still a cliff to jump off of, but that's okay. I can be with that fear and just be like, I'm not in physical danger. This is just inner child and I can comfort her and let her know that she's safe and keep going. So it's also recognizing that there doesn't have to be an absence of fear or doubt. You can have those things and you can be sort of processing them, reassuring your inner child through them, because that's what really what it is, right? It's just your inner child being like, holy shit, like, I don't want to be unloved or, you know, rejected or whatever it is. And as long as you're acknowledging that's that and you're reassuring her and you're moving forward, that's okay. Like it's not, it's not fear that holds me back. It's just like, okay, I know what that is. And I know how to work on it because I have done it so often. And it's that it's recognizing worth it's working through, you know, the wounding expanding out of those reassuring your inner child, et cetera, so that you can take what you've learned and keep going.
2: Okay. So now this brings us into jumping off cliffs and into the up level. A lot of people might identify as they're taking inventory of their lives right now. Like, where do I feel kind of boxed in or stifled? I'm at my growth edge. I know I need to expand in new places, new territories. Whether that's a move, a job, a relationship, a friendship, maybe it's it's even setting a a boundary and like showing up differently to an existing relationship. So now they have to jump off the cliff to actually set the boundary, or leave the job, or the relationship, or make the move. How do you resource? And prepare yourself to make that jump.
0: So for me, there's just a lot of like behind the scenes work is what I want to call it. First and foremost, it's starting at the acknowledgement of like, oh, okay, here's my growth or like, here's my edge and there's a growth. Here's all the fear around it. And usually for me, it's I'm identifying with the thing in some sort of way. So I'm like, if I don't have that, then who am I? If I'm not with TVN, then who am I? Who's gonna care? I won't be relevant. No one will wanna work with me, whatever. Like Lacey is, you know, this, but I can't be that, which is true. I can't, but I can be me and me is good enough. So it's like acknowledging sort of the underworkings of it. And then for me, it's a lot of journaling and a lot of sitting with my inner child and just like, yes, okay, let's go through it. Why are we scared? Okay, let's hear that. All right, we're still gonna be safe. We're still, you know, I still love you. We're still enough whatever. And journaling through all of the variations of like what my fears are for me, my biggest fear was I'm not going to be able to maintain working with clients. And so I'm going to have to get a job somewhere else. And I was like, okay, well, if that's like the worst case fear. Like that's not really that bad. So like- yeah. but you know within that it would be like how embarrassing you know so there was like some shadow there that I wanted to work through so I to me it's just unpacking the layers underneath what can seem like kind of just like a general fear there's like so many layers in that and that's like the behind the scenes work and then once you're sort of able to hold that and it's not the thing that makes you kind of like, because you're not looking at it. Once you look at it and you are able to deal with your inner child and really come her through that and you work through all of those things and, you know, do the work on them, then you can be more expanded with it. And you're like, okay, yeah, like this is still scary, but I know I have confidence in my ability to feel these feelings and keep moving. And there, that becomes like sort of a different level to it. And then it's putting, you know, your actions in place, like, okay, so what do you need to do in order to make this a reality? You know, so for me, it was like, I need to tell you guys, I need to get my own book set up. I need to update my website. I need to think about how I want to structure my sessions. I need, you know, I need to get that all worked out. So that's just, you know, some things that I need to put in place. And then I need to set, really practical little things to do. And then once you actually jump off the cliff, if you're prepared, which I always tell people, like you're jumping, sure, but you're putting your parachute on you're making sure you're prepared. And once you do that, it's like so anticlimactic. You're just like, and hop,
1: right? Mm-hmm. It's like not like you're mm-hmm.
0: barreling off this like big one. Because if you do that unprepared, that's when it's really tough and there's like a rough landing and you're like struggling and you're like, well, Right. And, but if you're prepared, you're just like, I've done all of that, that back work and I've put everything in place. And now I just get to kind of keep moving forward. So to me, that, that jump won't feel that big when it really comes, but that's a lot of work preparing yourself to do it.
2: I mean, it's really, if you think about it too, it's doing the three parts of the TBM process. You are unblocking all of that processing of fear, all of the inner child, that's the unblocking. It's unblocking of the worst case scenario. It's an unblocking, you know, sense of identity, sense of self. Part of the times our biggest fear becomes our biggest fear is because we marry it with our sense of identity because Mm -hmm. that shifts and we're like, whoa, 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 I can't lose who I am. I think sometimes when people are scared Uh, monetarily. When those shifts happen, they're like, wait, what if I can't make the living that I was before? I'm I'm changing my sense of self because I make less or make, you know, whatever that is, we're still tying it to our self-worth. And so it's like, okay, let's separate them. This has nothing to do with my worth. I am still, you know, a whole worthy human being. And then- So you did the unblocking. You took the aligned action, the practical steps. What expansion did you have around this at the time? Because I think that's another big piece for people too.
0: Totally. I mean, well, I have examples, right? Like Atara left and Atara, you know, created like his whole thing. And he was just kind of like, whoo, like just smooth sailing. And Sawa left before I decided to. And I think honestly my true expander was myself. I have just done hard shit before. I have done things that I can't, I didn't think I could do on many different areas in many different ways. So I just really fucking trust myself at the end of the day. I just, I deeply trust myself. So I feel a lot of confidence to handle the feelings that come my way from my growth, right? Which there's going to be feelings along the way. You know, if you, when you guys do your next event and like, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to feel left out. And that's okay. It's okay. That's okay. That's a natural, normal feeling. And I'm willing to feel that. And it's not bad. I don't need to avoid it. And it's a natural, you know, sort of consequence to the choice that I'm making, but that I'm not willing to avoid a feeling and to stay small. I'm willing to face feelings to expand and be in my growth, even if they're uncomfortable.
2: Speaking of manifestations, one major manifestation that has come through for me recently is Bond Charge's infrared PEMF mat. Their PEMF mat, which stands for Pulse Electromagnetic Field, is a magnetic energy mat that sends energy waves to work with your body's natural magnetic field and improve your overall well-being. Now, I originally heard of PEMF mats back in the day. I used the first one at Lacey's Forest Retreat House, and I kind of didn't really think it was going to do anything at first. And when I laid on this mat, I'm telling you, my whole body just relaxed, my nervous system relaxed, and I fully was able to calm down. Fast forward a few years later, one of our absolute favorite companies, Bon Charge, has launched their own PEMF and it is fully loaded with all the best biohacking techniques you can imagine. So not only do they have multiple frequency settings, one for delta waves to improve deep sleep, one for grounding and earthing that is in the frequency of Schumann's resonance, which is the Earth's magnetic field frequency, one for alpha waves to increase calm creativity, one for beta waves for logical thinking, conscious thought or meditation, and one that cycles through all four to really align all different parts of your body. But that's not all. They also have red, near infrared, and far infrared light wave frequencies. You've heard me talk about this before, but red light therapy can be so impactful for muscle soreness, tension, pain in the body, detoxification, and so many more things. It is also packed with tourmaline gemstones, germanium gemstones, and amethyst crystals, which all help to balance your mood, keep you calm, activate spiritual awareness, open intuition, and attract positive ions from your body to keep you in that balanced state. Like I said, this thing is fully loaded. So once we received it, we unloaded it into our living room and it honestly hasn't left the floor because I find myself jumping on it multiple times a day. When I want to meditate before the start of my day or when I'm needing to process and do a DI, it helps to take me deeper, calm my body, calm my nervous system. It is so good for meditation practices. It just helps you go a lot deeper. And when you are needing groundy breaks throughout the day, it is fantastic. So if you are interested in trying Banchai charge's new infrared PEMF mat you can use the code magnetic that's all caps m-a-g-n-e-t-i-c for 15% off again that's magnetic m-a-g-n-e-t-i-c for 15% off or you can go to bondcharge.com backslash pages backslash magnetic and check out some of the other incredible biohacking low emf products that Bond Charge has to offer people ask a lot about like, how do I build a trust muscle? How do I develop that? And I think how you built that deep trust with yourself is knowing that you are autonomous, you're resilient, look back at all the case studies you have now
0: in your wheelhouse of times you've done this. So much proof. Also, I know, so I can point to like three or two other times specifically where I was like, Oh, this might be a really bad idea. So the first time was when I was going to go travel in Southeast Asia for what was going to be four months, ended up being seven or eight. And before I left, I was 32. So I was a decade older than like when people normally do that track And I was, you know, working as an assistant for Donna James at the time and it was going well and I was really loving it. And I was like, I'm 32. I'm not, I don't really have a purpose for like what I want to be doing yet. I don't really know what I want to be doing in my career. And I'm about to take four months off to go travel the world. I'm being so irresponsible. Like, what am I doing? This could blow up in my face. It could be the worst thing that I ever did. And you know what? I left and it was the best thing and it made my life so much better. When I got back is when I was like, I'm just gonna fuck it. I'm just gonna start coaching because I want to. And like, this is the area I want to go down. And I'm tired of being scared and letting that stop me. And then when I left New York, it was so scary to leave because I was like, Oh my God, like, ah, like, what if I become irrelevant? Or like, I don't know, what if my life blows up? What if the reason I have what I do is because of the magic of New York and like, I'm just gonna leave that all behind. Ah. And then I left New York and all my dreams came true so it's just my life has just gotten better every time I do something that feels like this is I'm really changing the narrative here and I'm really like flipping the script and I'm having to bet on myself and every time I bet on myself it works out so much better than I could have imagined always so I just have that proof to look back at and be like yeah, but remember when and see how that turned out. And it's just like, okay, yeah, we got this. We got this. We can do it, right? And there's like nervous butterflies, of course, but like I, I just have that faith in myself.
2: How often, like, yes, you have those moments that you can reflect back to, but like, do you have any practice where... As you're processing those fears, you really take a moment and soak in, wait a second, I have felt this fear before in a different way, but for the trip or whatever. And like, what does that look like when you're remembering the fear you had before, reminding yourself of the, the joy and abundance and expansion that came on the other side? How do you create space to deepen that trust muscle
0: with yourself? It's honestly like a week or two week period where I will be like, oh no. I'm really freaked out. And then I'm able to sort of notice like, okay, we're in fear. Okay. So like inner child is like really being loud right now. Okay. Let's like figure out what that is. And it's usually movement that helps me get to like that deeper depth in myself. And I'll like go for a walk and on that walk, I'll be like, oh, okay. It's hitting on this. Ah, where have I last felt that? Is this and then like that next week? I'm sort of able to like do the deeper work on. Okay, let's like hit this wound again in like this new way. Here are the tools that we use to do that. Do 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 do, and I'm able to sort of shift that. So I've sort of noticed that I have that pattern where I'm like in it, and then I'm like, oh wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I see what's happening here, and I can kind of switch it from there. I also talk it out a lot i'm an external processor and so i like to talk it out with those that i trust so just hearing it even me like getting to like say it out it immediately dissipates that's my framework but i think for someone else who's in it i think this is why you know tbm talks about understanding your patterning because i know that I can like recognize it, right? And so I know what part I'm in and I'm kind of like, okay, I can like sit with myself through it all and it's less like in the dark. So the more you can shine light on those things and how you process through, it can be really helpful. And if you're like, I have no idea, journal through the last three big triggers you went through. What was that like? What was the time frame? What was going on? What was the shift? When did you feel like a, a lightness? When did you feel like, okay, actually, you know what? I got this, like dig through it all and just shine the light on it. That's why journaling, I think, is such an important piece. And that will help you understand what your particular framework is.
2: I think, too, there's like, you know, if you look at it through the lens of parts therapy or IFS or whatever lens, but you have all these different archetypes within you. When that inner child takes over, sometimes we don't recognize it as the inner child taking over. We think, no, this is just a fear. This is a warning danger sign that I should stop or slow down. And then when you create that space, like you said, you're like, wait a second, I see what's happening here. That's when like the magnetic self comes back in like the higher self. So it can get in the
0: driver's seat again. Totally. I think of that as like just your adult self. Because mm-hmm. right? like my adult self is like, we're good. We'll figure it out. If like we have to get another job, we'll do it. It'll be fine. And we will be solid. But the inner child was like, (gasps) but we will be rejected and and we are going to be irrelevant and like people will be mad at us and like all of these things, right? And so I have done enough work to understand the difference between the two. I no longer get caught up in that inner child fear for long periods of time
2: any part of the inner child part, do you associate with ego? Like how do you
0: contextualize the image of that? This is the way that I think of ego. I think ego is the part of our brain that is trying to keep us safe. So inner child will be like, oh, like activated, like fear. And then the ego will be like, you can't do that. You're stupid. You can't do that. That won't work out. You can't do that you know, they're going to hate you because what that is doing is literally like pulling you back into your safety, which is what your patterns are, what your brain knows. That's how I think of the ego. It's just trying to protect you. And it's just trying to keep you here. And I think acknowledging that and then being like, thank you for trying to keep me safe, but I'm good. We're going to keep going. And like, part of that is dealing with the inner child. And the more, you, you know, you build awareness around that, the more capacity you have to see it and you get less, lost unlike those roller coaster rides, right? Like I used to like just be on the roller coaster ride. So everything felt so life and death and it just no longer does because I've done the work to like get out of that cycle.
2: It's so funny. I remember like as a kid when I thought catastrophic things happened or like a terrible thing happened at school, it was the end of the world. And I remember journaling and I was like, universe, God, whatever's up there, tell me what to do. Like, how do I navigate? This is the life or death situation, like panicking. And then and then I'd like sit and I'd have, I don't know, just like a calmer sense, like present journal back to myself, right? And I was like, okay, I'm good, I'm safe. And I think now I'm recognizing like, yes, part of that could be channeled universe and source and all of the things. But part of that was just an internal corrective experiencing where another part of myself was like, no, you're good. You don't have to freak out because... Billy, you know, said he didn't want to go to the dance with you. Like, you're okay. (laughs) The world's not going to crumble.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, if we want to like lean into like the spiritual side, that is still the divine. We are divine. So like, that is a divine part of us that's connecting to that. And I always say like to clients, the beauty and like the complexity of being human is we have the ability to step outside of what our brain is doing and watch it and say, this is what's going on. We do have that ability to do it and like observe and become the observer. Once we have that muscle, it gets stronger and stronger and it becomes easier and easier to do, which doesn't mean you don't feel things and you don't get tripped up by things. I've done things like this before and I was still like, this is going to be scary. But I just know what that is. I'm like, okay, here comes the fear okay, inner child, let me work with you. You are scared. Okay, here's where the wounds are. All right, let me do the work. You, you just become better able to observe and be like, all right, we got this. The lights are on. I mean, I think that's really
2: that key, that transformation cycle. And then one other thing I wanted to point out too, when people are thinking about jumping off that cliff, financially is having the FU fund.
0: Yeah, that's to me, that's part of the prep.
2: So talk about that too, because I think, we'll get messages. I got a message last week that someone was like, I'm down to my last $50 and I'm, I'm meditating all day long, working with my inner child. What should I do? And I'm like, go get a bridge job, go get a bridge job. You don't have to sit and wait. Yeah, I almost see being able to, and yes, there are external factors that play a role here, but for the most part, if you are capable and able to go into the workforce of any kind, being able to provide at least for your basic needs is a version of high self-worth.
0: Yes. I don't have, I mean, I grew up with a single mom, you know, who was 20 years old when she had me by the strength of her, just like, I will will this into happening, like, and really no help from like financially from my dad or from my brother's dad's supported us. So I have no pride telling me I can't do a job if needed. So worst, 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 worst case scenario happens. And like, I don't know, there's like, you know, a huge financial crash and like, no one is doing anything coaching or something. And I would need to go get like a job. If I had to like, go back to like waitressing, like I fucking would. And I wouldn't feel bad about it. Because To me, that would be like, all right, well, here's my need. I still need to live. And so here's a way that I'm going to get that done. And that to me, that part of like, oh, well, I can't go do that because that's ego. That's just trying to keep you in your patterning. That's just safety. And we have to see that. That is me working against me. Don't use the work against yourself. Don't work against yourself. If I, you know, go on to build a very successful coaching career, coaching on my own, I'm not more worthy then if I don't, like my worth isn't on the table. So I don't have to prove my worth to anyone and I don't have to prove it by doing a certain thing. So if I that means I have to like go be an assistant to get bills paid because that's just the way that it happened or whatever, then cool, that doesn't make me less worthy. So it's, to me, that's still a worth thing. I'm putting my worth on this thing. So I can't do that thing because I will prove I'm not worthy. And that is ego, coming up to protect you and say, come back here, come in these, stay in these patterns, stay safe, stay small, stay constricted. I think there's such a
2: dogmatism people have, especially
0: when shifting careers,
2: where they're like, I will never settle for this kind of job again. Like I'm done. This is it. I'm not going back there. And then they're calling in the next thing that's more aligned. And so by power of will and and all of the internal work, they don't want to go back to that old job But that doesn't mean they can't take another different bridge job that isn't the toxic job that they were in before that maybe allows them more time or space or maybe it's just a clock in clock out type of job that isn't setting back your manifestation practice at all. If anything, it's helping to super speed it because you're saying like, cool, I know. I'm going to get to my manifestation. That's not even a question. What do I need to do to support myself in route of doing that? Well, I'm going to need money for the next six months and I don't have it. So let me get a job that lets me continue to work towards that manifestation.
0: That's not the toxic job. There is an in between. 100%. I mean, we talked about this on the last monthly check in that you and I did, which is like, don't be afraid to build it and like bridge it there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, if something is telling you there is, that's ego, trying to keep you small in your patterns. Getting into your growth means that you're going to be uncomfortable. That's okay. And you're going to, you know, have to like put yourself out there and that's okay. And it's just recognizing you are worthy no matter what. So if it's like, I don't want to work for someone again, I want to start my own thing, but you have only been working for people and you haven't been building your own thing on the side, that's a big leap. And sometimes that can work out, but that would mean you would need to be able to, you know, support yourself as you build your business because a business, you know, I've used this example before. It's like a baby. I got that from Ruby Wellington and we don't want to expect the baby to pay our rent. So don't, let's not expect our baby business to let's like, let it grow and, you know, be organic and then tell us when it's ready to support us. And so we don't want to put like that pressure on it. Right. So let's bridge as we do that. That is beautiful and worthwhile. And like we know that end goal is you are going to be your own boss, but there is nothing wrong with the bridge that takes you there.
1: There are so many people out there settling for unfulfilling relationships or people who are stuck in toxic jobs, living in places and spaces that don't inspire them, and especially people who feel like they'll never be able to afford the things and the life that they truly desire. How do I know that? because it was me before I discovered that manifestation is actually a totally viable, scientifically proven method of creating the life you want. I'm Lacey, I'm the founder of Tubi Magnetic, and if you're not familiar with us, we at TBM offer workshops that teach you how to manifest literally everything, from love, to money, to career, to beyond. Our courses are the most effective manifestation method on the market, and that's because of a secret that I discovered years ago about manifestation, which is you do not manifest from your thoughts. You manifest from your subconscious beliefs. So after decades of client research and input from leading doctors and therapists, we designed courses that help you rewire your subconscious mind to align with what you want to manifest. And the best part of all for any skeptic out there, our work is completely scientifically proven to work. Just ask the tens of thousands of members inside our Pathway membership, which gives you unlimited access to all of our workshops, tools, and offerings that you'll use over the course of a year. This includes workshops on inner child, shadow, boundaries, love, money, the infamous ruts, and the horrible rock bottoms, and so much more. Use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first TBM purchase. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode.
2: Talk about... The one of your earlier transition places where you took the trip, you were an assistant at the time you took the big trip and you came back and you're like, I'm going to coach because that's kind of a similar dynamic. Like you went from working
0: from someone to doing that on the side, ah, start doing it full time. So the beauty of that story is I was so terrified to tell Donna that I was leaving and she was such a wonderful, wonderful person to work for. She was wonderful when I told her I was going, she was so excited for me. And when I left, she was like, who knows? I might need help, you know, when you get back. So like, let me know. And I was kind of like, I doubt that is going to be there. And like, who knows where I'll be? So, you know, go on this trip, have an incredible time, learn a lot about myself. And then when I came back, I knew I wanted to start coaching, but I also knew this is not going to pay my bills. <laughs> I need a bridge. And so I reached out to Donna and I said, do you know anyone who needs assisting and she was like actually I do and I worked for her remote. So I worked for her remote for a full year building my coaching on the side until that was ready to launch on its own and then started coaching on the side. And even when I was coaching full time, I still had some other portals that I was pulling in income and then it took another I think like 6 months um, to close those portals down and then Lacey asked me to come on and be part of the team and write workshops and then start coaching. But working for remotely for Donna taught me and expanded me, I can work for myself. I can get shit done. I won't just fuck off all day. I can like manage my time. I can, you know, have the balance of, I can go for a run at 11, but like make sure that I'm back and getting worked. Like it would taught me so much on how to work for myself and structure my day and like how that feels. That was the perfect bridge. It was like, so like manifestation, perfect kismet because that, gave me all of that launching pad for the year later when, you know, Donna was like, I don't really need you to work for me remotely anymore. And I was like, I want to coach full time. And we were like, both like happy to part ways. So it was like the perfect launching thing, but yes, I decided I wanted to coach, but not full time. I built that on the side. So
2: important, big expansion for anyone out there who's navigating that and, and worried about their finances too. And then one other thing I wanted to touch on is I've had a lot of friends work for big corporations. Like they have a really shiny title at a corporate company that's established, let's say like an Apple or whatever other companies out there. How would you recommend someone peeling back layers of identity of connecting with that big thing? Because I know for other friends who have left bigger companies or established brands, they're like, one big thing is like, I don't have the email anymore. I don't have the email for that big company or brand anymore. Are people going to respond to me? Like, how did you start to peel apart? Okay. This is just my ego coming up. This has nothing to do with my worth. I'm still so worthy without this company brand entity, whatever it is. So for anyone out there, especially if they're looking to leave corporate stuff, how can they start to pull apart their worth from that glossy title?
0: Yeah. I mean, that was such a, a big part of it too. And like the email. Yeah. Like having a TV, I remember the day that I got my TVM email, I was like, Oh my God, I made it. Like I was just so excited. And I think also for me specifically, I think a, a corporate job or like, you know, an Apple with like a leader, like Steve jobs and like Lacey, you know, it was like, Lacey is so cool. Lacey is like this, like visionary, everything she does. You're like, I want to do that. Like everything she wears, you're like, why does that look so good? Like she's just effortlessly (laughs) cool and authentic. And that is really intoxicating and you want to be around it and you want to be associated with it. And it feels very like, well, if I'm not, then who am I? And especially because I was, I mentored under her, I felt very much like, I need to be under her or like, who am I? I'm not legitimate on my own. So I think pulling that apart is looking at the wounding and to why that was something I clung to, you know, feeling unworthy, being told I was stupid, feeling like like a lot of shadow, like loser, like uncool, you know, and that to me was coming from a broken home when all my friends had two parents I lived in like apartments when my friends lived in houses or when I finally got to move into a house, my house was like built in the 1800s and like falling apart and everyone was scared to be there. And like, I was like never able to like keep up with the other people or whatever. And so like this created this, like I'm less than wound inside of me. And so the, the way that I put Lacey was on a pedestal. You're here and I'm here, which is like such a disservice to like her and I's relationship because I... Was never allowing myself to be here equal. So I was always like, you're above me and you're so cool. And like, I could never touch you, which, you know, I'm sure is like kind of alienating, but I was doing that based on that wounding. And so for me, holding on to it was still coming from that wounding. So to unpack it and to let it lose that attachment for me, I had to look at that wound and I had to deal with like that part of myself, like talking about parts work, like that part that felt like, She wanted validation for being cool and good enough from like the cool crowd and someone else to say like, you're in, you got this. And I had to go in and really expand and unblock all of those little parts and all of those wounds around it so that I could again be like, oh yeah, I am worthy because I am me. And... I am unique because I am me and I have my own perspective and you're right. It will never be Lacey and that's okay because Lacey is doing Lacey and she's doing her pretty well. So like I get to fill my shoes and that is good enough. And so when we're unpacking from, you know, similar like a corporate environment, it's cool. It has cachet, you know, people know it. It's what wounded part of you Is feeding the part of like, you are not worthy unless someone you're validated, whatever, and doing the work to expand out of that to recognize your worth. And there, I also think be willing to face that there will be a discrepancy at first. No, I do not think that I'm going to leave the brand and tomorrow be as relevant as TBM. And that's okay. But I am willing and I will bet on myself to build until I'm at a point that feels on par. It's for your highest good. It's going to be your highest good no matter what it looks like. Yeah, moving towards my growth. But I'm okay with that time of like, it doesn't need to be exactly the same in order for it to be worthy, right? So leaving the corporate job, yes. Doing the work, okay. You also need to be willing to face. Sure, if you're like going to go consult and you don't have that email, there might be people who don't want to work with you. Those are not your people then. Don't focus on the nose there are no and there are no cuz they aren't meant for you and the yeses are going to be 10 times better and more aligned so focus on those yeses and if those yeses aren't coming in yet that's when trust is so key i got this i am good i believe in myself i don't need this external validation anymore i'm validating myself and i'm also willing to feel Like this is uncomfortable or I feel disappointed that that person didn't want to work with me or that hurts my feelings that that person didn't want to work with me. I remember when I left Yoga to the People, I lost all my friends because all my friends were in that world. And once I was out of that world, they were like, we don't want anything to do with you. And that was so hard. But it was also like, well, then those aren't my people because real friends, who cares? They're showing up for you. So the people that you're meant to like work with or the journey that you're going to be on that's meant for you, that won't matter. So we have to be willing to bet on ourselves and deal with the parts of us that's getting the validation from identifying with the outside thing and pull that identity back in, recognize where our worth is inside of us, can't be you know added to or subtracted from, and don't focus on the no's. The nose don't mean you're not good enough. The nose just meant it's not for you.
2: I love the example too that you said. It's like putting this outside thing on a pedestal. You can filter that with a person, with an item, with a success level, with anything you want. You're putting that thing above you in some sense of the word. And the idea is to... Peel back the internal things that are making you feel so separate from this thing that it's not achievable. And it's interesting too when we pedestalize things, people or things that are outside of us, we lean more into thinking that that is like the only way. Yes. Like we're looking at the very visual, material sense of them and saying, like, well, if I want to have that energy or that confidence, I need to buy that clothing or do that, do my hair that way or do this or do that. And it's like, that's a trap get there by everything that you already have within you and accepting it and giving yourself the green light. That's the secret sauce to magnetism.
0: We are the magic and it's tuning into that and letting that come out in whatever way it wants to come out and like really honoring that. And but it's like you have to reassure your ch- inner child along that way because your inner child got rejected. No matter if you had a great childhood with parents that were attuned to you, you got rejected somehow, you know. And so it's you need to like sit with that and, and reassure her that she is safe and you as adult self, are not going to reject her and you love her. You know, it's like you have to be willing to feel the uncomfortable feelings that come with it because uncomfortable feelings come with it.
2: And then recognizing where you're self-rejecting to start to change that pattern. Like, where are you playing small and showing yourself you can't put your own authentic self out there? Where are you staying in the containers of your glass ceiling and not saying, okay, I need to prepare myself, do the unblocking, do the expanding, do the line action, get the FU fund so I can jump off the
0: cliff. Yeah, and you know, I think it's okay to say like, you know, if you're working for like a corporate, you know, brand that's cool and you're like separating, it's okay to be like, yeah, I'm not that. And that's okay. I don't need to be. My company doesn't need to be that. If I'm going to start my own company, my company gets to be something totally different. And like, that is worthy. We don't need to just repeat what has worked. We get to try something new
2: so exciting. And I think so empowering to see you go on this path of it, to hear sort of the steps laid out in this way, and also just encourage everyone else to think about what they're putting on a pedestal, where their glass ceiling is, where they feel constricted, and how they can start to work with those wounded parts of them in order to find their true authenticity. Because I really believe truly in my core. If everyone could peel back those layers and get to like what their true authentic self is, they're all true authentic magnetic gifts, the world would change. 100%. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. Where can people connect with you, find you, book different kinds of sessions
0: with you moving forward? Yeah, I will still be focusing on relationships. And that's like mostly relationship to self, because that's what determines everything else we are the magic. So still doing that, but you can find me at, you know, on Instagram, XO Amanda Blair, my website, which is where you can book a session starting in June. Come on in. The water is warm. The books are open at amandablaircoaching.com and XO Amanda Blair, Instagram, amandablaircoaching.com. Yes. Thank you so much, Amanda. It has been such a
2: beautiful, beautiful journey getting to work alongside you and just see your growth in this process. And I'm so excited for so much expansion and everything on the other side. I've personally learned so much from you over the years and a lot about self-worth. And I think when I think about like a lot of the personal conversations you and I have had and like the impact of them, the overwhelming feeling is like, okay, if I am settling or playing small, I need to talk to Amanda because she's just going to be like, don't fucking settle for that. Don't do
0: that. Like she will give it to me straight. <laughs> yes, I will. I will be very honest and very direct. I think that is like most of my clients. Like they're always like, wow, okay, you're just you're just telling me as you see it. Okay. You're not sure coding it. I'm like, no, I don't want to like waste your time. You're paying good money. I want you to like, let's get the goods. But that is such an honor that you feel that way. And right back at you, like you have grown so much in this role as you know, a podcaster, but also you have all of this knowledge on the manifestation process. Every time I watch a story, I'm like, well, that's a good perspective. I have not thought about. Um, <laughs> so you are, you've offered so much to this community and I'm so excited to watch you continue to grow.
2: Oh, thank
0: you. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much. I just want to like hold space for you. And I know the community is going to be and is so sad to see you go, but be excited because Amanda's still here and going to be creating content and sharing things and you can follow along her journey.
0: Yes, please do. And literally all the love and gratitude for TBM and what it has helped me do and what, you know, just the... Amount that it has given me. I mean, just I can't put into words. So thank you.
2: I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as we did. And if you're starting to get a feel for this to be magnetic manifestation process but aren't completely sold yet, let me point you to some of our free offerings. You can check out the expanded podcast episode called How to Manifest Anything You Desire where Lacey, the founder, and I break down exactly what this process is all about. You can check out The Motivation, which is our testimonial library with thousands of testimonials of people who have manifested wild things using this process. And right now we have our magnetic self challenge going on. It is not too late to join. You can start living as your most confident self in just six weeks. Sign up anytime and walk through step by step as we reconnect you with your high self-worth, your intuition, and face your fears to become a completely upgraded version of self in six weeks. Enjoy. We'll see you next week.